This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Watching television, watching television. Watching television, watching television. I need all the image, I need all the sound. I know the info right into my mind. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trial by Pilot. This is the show where we judge an entire series of television and the work of hundreds on one episode. I'm Bill Lynch. I'm Elizabeth Lynch. And I am Ken Reed. Welcome, Ken. Hi, Ken. Thank you. Good to have you here. Like being here. Thank you. Uh, Ken is one of a few people that urged us to do the Battlestar Galactica pilot. Yes. Big fan of the show, right? Very big fan. And some of you may have seen our live stream we did earlier this week. You could probably find that on our Facebook page. Ken, that's probably where you watched it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this will reach more people, so... <laughs> That's why we're doing it again. <laughs> um, so we are talking about the 2004 Battlestar Galactica pilot. We'll go over some of the same plot points that we went over in the mm-hmm. live stream, um, but I'm hoping to touch on some new things. We have a new perspective. Uh, Casey, who was on last night, has never seen the show, like Elizabeth and I have not. I'm hoping, especially for some of your thoughts on the miniseries. Yeah, got a um, lot of thoughts on that. Yeah, so yeah, okay. let's, just, let's just get into that. Um, yeah. First of all, did you see the 1978 series? I absolutely did. I own the discs. I own the discs. <laughs> Ken is a super fan of Battlestar Galactica. Did you see that first? Like, as it was... Yeah, I watched that as a kid. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, oh, cool. Okay. Let me say as a teenager. <laughs> An old teenager. <laughs> maybe a young adult. All right, maybe I was 28. <laughs> so, we had a couple people chime in yesterday, like, that they enjoyed that series, but it was pretty cheesy... Oh, very campy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Campy but, in like a good way? Well, in yeah. In like a 70s I mean, way? Yeah, in a 70s way. I don't know that it was really really trying to be super campy. I don't think they really knew quite what campy was. You right, know? right. But, mm-hmm. you know, but for the times, the special effects were top notch. You know, mm. people watched it and they're like, wow, they really threw everything at it. You know, they, they hired, uh, was it, I think it was John Dykstra, who was the Academy Award winning visual arts guy for Star Wars. Oh. Because it was right hot on the heels of Star Wars. So they hired oh, yeah, him to do their special yeah. effects. And, but now I, went, I did go back and rewatch just to put myself in the mindset. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is really bad. <laughs> See, I think of like for some reason that's bringing to mind that old Batman mm. um, series where they like the really just, old one, the original. The really old is that was that the, the original 60s, one? Uh, yeah. yeah, where Batman where is running down the like, street with a giant bomb and he has to throw it into the ocean, <laughs> and it would say like "pow," and like yeah. that was like like really oh, campy that, to me. Is it yeah, like that? No, no, that that's like way over the top, <laughs> intentional campy. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they, they, I think they were trying to take a serious stab at it and be in the genre of Star Wars. Although my understanding is um, this was written, you know, years prior. Right. Um, but uh, they never really had the, the right timing to bring it out. And so uh, finally with the popularity of Star Wars, it's like, now's the time. Let's, let's yeah. make it. Yeah. Well, it lasted for one season. Um, (laughs) but it was still it still had a following right like I read that it turned into like comic books and games and you know lunch Mm -hmm. boxes and stuff after that yeah yeah Um, but not much on TV until the 2003 miniseries 
Right. So I want to get your thoughts on this. I read a lot of mixed things. Some people said, of course, you watch the miniseries first. It comes before and it lays, lays the groundwork for the 2004 pilot. And then other people said it's pretty slow and methodical, like introducing the characters and like the broad strokes of this world. So just hop right into the pilot and they don't treat you like you're a fool. Elizabeth and I both felt like we caught up pretty quickly, but there were certainly some things we missed. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on miniseries first or pilot first? Well, tell me, which episode of Star Wars did you watch first? Four. Four? <laughs> well, you missed so much yeah, buildup right, right. before that. There's no way. You started with four. Yeah. Come on. I missed, you, you missed Jar Jar Binks. Oh, you missed a 20-minute pod race. Come on. Oh, God. got to watch everything in the proper order. <laughs> we can turn this into a complaining about Star Wars podcast if you want. I'm, I'm fully on board. We've done that quite a bit yeah. between Bill and Casey. <laughs> Casey will be upset he missed out. but we All can right. So back to your real question. Um... I have introduced other people to the series, and I know that the miniseries is three hours long. Right. They originally aired it in two parts, so it actually was like two nights of two hours each. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's a big time commitment to say, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch this thing for three hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember the people I introduced it to if I like even gave them a break or not. <laughs> we just are <laughs> plowing right through. I'm pretty sure like, you know, when I showed it to my wife, uh, she... You know, she's like, all right, I'm in. And I'm pretty sure we watched it straight through. We just made sure we devoted the time. The miniseries. It, yeah, the miniseries. Yeah. It is excellent. It, you know, for the people who may, may be complaining about it being slow, I don't know the people, but I would say that maybe they're not into, you know, character development, plot development, storyline development. They do an excellent job with it. I don't think it's like slow and trudging through at all right it's very impactful um and a lot of the interpersonal dynamics going on are significant yeah some of the people you know and this was both people that i know personally and just stuff i've read online some people said it's slow but they still enjoyed it oh yeah they just didn't think it was necessary to start with that i I saw people say oh yeah i watched the first season and then went back and enjoyed it more after having seen the first season i think i would have been confused so what i did this time knowing that you were invited me is i like all right well let me try to jump in and watch episode one season one episode one the way you did right even though i already remembered (laughs) but i haven't watched the miniseries in a long long time so i was like but let me just try to come from that perspective and it starts out with previously on yes battlestar galactica (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i'm like Hmm. Okay. Well, episode season one, episode one really isn't a pilot, but um, <laughs> so. But previously on only gives you these flashing clips and yeah. little yeah. sound bites, and like you can't catch all that. You're watching the visuals, and you hear a little sound clip, and you don't know what they're talking about. You don't have the backstory to even have a context for it. Right. And, and who really rewinds those and like let me watch previously on again? You know, five times to really grasp. But you don't, you right. don't know. You just plow ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most of it centered around this woman in the red dress, number six. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you catch that the Cylons are at war with humanity, basically. Right. And that's, that's pretty much it, right? Right. We, mm-hmm. we see a scene of a guy being left on a planet, and then we see a mm-hmm. bunch of scenes of Gaius and number six together. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty much the whole previous yeah. on, right? right? And you get a lot more background in the miniseries of Gaius and number six and what was going on in that relationship and what developed and... So... <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd be interested to see that just for, like... Just for the context there. Yeah. Because I had all these different ideas of who so we, they we, were. We got little other. bits of this last night from viewers of the live stream. But what can you tell us about 
that relationship and the origins of number six that wouldn't spoil anything past the pilot? Like, what do you really learn in the miniseries? Mm, that wouldn't spoil it, though. Like, um, she isn't... She wasn't a human, and then they made a model of her, and it's... He already had a relationship with a human no. version of her? Um, yeah, she she is a Cylon. Right. And um, there are 12 different models, and there are copies of those models, and they are made as physical humanoid um, beings. Um, and so that's what she is. So, you know, she seemed every bit as real as anybody else right. to him. And mm-hmm. they had a, a real relationship. And now she, or maybe we don't know this at this point after the miniseries and the pilot, is she a figment of his imagination or she, he has an implant or... You want me to answer that? Not no. that it's going to be a spoiler. Only if only no. if the miniseries would help you understand that. Uh, I don't think the miniseries... Well, you know what? I, I only watched part of the miniseries to get me back in the frame of mind. Okay. I mean, at, like recently this yeah, weekend yeah um so i don't know if it comes out i know okay. exactly what it is oh yeah of course <laughs> just, you know. all right yeah no because uh, elizabeth and i both think that we want to watch this yeah so i would rather not have it spoiled i'm just wondering if the miniseries like told you because clearly she's not physically there other people can't see her right so yeah, yeah. we don't know at this point is, is she just in his yeah. head is he crazy is she a virus that's been implanted or yeah. is it something else that I'm not thinking of? Because it's a crazy sci-fi show. So, I, I think I can explain it as there are times when she's physically there and there are times when she's not physically there. Okay. All okay. right. Interesting. So did Maggie like it? She loved it. Yeah? I, I, I'm not sure she would use these words, but I think she might. She might say that that's one of her favorite shows of all time. Wow. Okay. Really? Yeah. Cool. It's an excellent show because it's... You know, going in, oh, it's sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's, or you could call it, well, it's a military drama. Well, it's setting space, but it's a military drama. Right, mm-hmm. right. And there's a lot of personal drama, not just military. I and mean, there's a lot of military right. stuff that seems very realistic. They took a lot of painstaking attempts to keep that real. But the interpersonal dynamics and the difficulties that they encountered, you'd like, oh, yeah, of course, naturally they would be having that problem. Right, mm-hmm. like, right. In the pilot uh, or episode one uh, called 33 mm-hmm. every 33 minutes and they have to stay awake through all this they've been awake yes. for five days yeah. right. and they're getting edgy and they look like hell right and i think the makeup job was fantastic yeah making them really look exhausted <laughs> i'm guessing that some of these character actors really took the time to or didn't take the time to sleep <laughs> so that they right. would be extra tired right right um we should mention uh you said maggie uh, Ken's lovely wife, Elizabeth's sister, Maggie, was famously on our sitcom character draft episode and lost horribly. So you guys, <laughs> might, you guys might remember her from that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Maggie. Um, so yeah, let's let's quickly talk about the pilot. Elizabeth and I just talked about it last night. Ken, yeah. you just listened to us talk about it. Um, but for those who are listening and haven't seen this show, here are like the the main beats. We start with this fleet of ships and they're preparing to jump into FTL speed, faster than light. And as Ken just said, these Cylons are showing up every 33 minutes on the dot, like on the stroke of mm-hmm. 33 uh, to attack them and, and try to wipe out the fleet. Cause these are the last, last members of humanity left. And sure enough, they show up right on time and there's this big Cylon mothership and thousands of smaller ships start just streaming towards the human fleet. And, you know, just in the nick of time, they fix um, the FTL drives and they jump 
and they appear somewhere else in space. The Cylons are gone, and the commander says, reset the clocks. And they, you just see all these different characters resetting their clocks to mm -hmm. 33 minutes. And then we're introduced to Gaius, who is there with number six, the blonde woman in the red dress, as I kept calling her yesterday. And they do a lot of hooking up throughout this pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> it's hot and heavy. But she, while we don't really know what she's doing yet or how she's manifesting herself there, she talks to him like very pointedly, like, right. you know, you know, eventually you humans are going to make a mistake and we're going to, we're going to kill you all. <laughs> <laughs> and he seems just to accept that. Oh, his response was, but not for the next 33 minutes. Right. <laughs> and he was just into, well, let's get down and do it right now. Right. I got 33 minutes. Yeah. I got nothing else to do. I got 31 minutes to unwind afterwards. <laughs> let's stop talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we're introduced to all of these pilots and like you said, dark circles under their eyes. Uh, Katie Sackhoff's character is like nodding off, you know, at the helm of her ship. And we find out they've done this 237 times, which is like roughly five days. So they've all been awake. All of humanity has been awake. Well, not all of humanity. The people working. Yeah, everyone that's, yeah, you know, part crew. of this military unit has been awake for five days straight. Every 33 minutes, they're jumping. These uh, cruisers are going out every 33 minutes to fight off the Cylons. And the commander and who's the bald guy? Oh, uh, Colonel Ty. Okay, he, he's like the second in command. Right. Okay. He's the XO. So they're 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 talking about a different plan. They have to try something new. So they're talking about splitting up the ship, splitting up the fleet, and then they'll all come back together after four jumps to the same coordinates to see if that can throw them off somehow. And then we go over to the president's ship. And we see that the human population is down below 50,000. You know, they just have like a whiteboard basically where they're adjusting the numbers. And she keeps getting a message that this doctor wants to talk to her that's aboard um, one of the ships. And, you know, Gaius is talking to number six and she's like, you have a problem if this doctor comes over and talks because it's implied, I guess, that he knows that Gaius is a traitor or is working with the Cylons somehow. Mm -hmm. And... Then we meet up with the U.S. not U.S. the human soldier. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the United States existed in this in this universe. Um, on a Cylon occupied planet, and he's running from two Cylons, uh, who are, are kind of like Terminator style. They're just like chrome with like a red laser light, uh, mm -hmm. and he's chasing them through the woods, or they're chasing him through the woods. Sorry, and he has a trap set for them, blows them up, shoots them and then takes anti-radiation injection. Because apparently the humans are using nuclear weapons against the Cylons. That's like their, their weakness, is what someone told me last night. <laughs> is that um, like quasi, right? Well, all I know is that the Cylons were dropping bombs left and right on, that was the uh, planet of Caprica, and they were dropping bombs all over the place. Mm. Um, but I don't know, it could be that what your friend said was okay. accurate, I didn't know that. Uh, and then he sees another version of number six, the blonde woman, not in a red dress this time. And he, he starts to aim his gun at her, but then two Cylons show up behind him and he puts up his hands like, oh shit, you got me. Then the fleet makes their next, next jump. And this time they don't all make it to the next coordinates. A civilian ship with 1300 people never shows up. And of course, they're in a different spot in space at this time. They just traveled faster than light. So they have no idea what happened. They can't like track it. 
And so the president makes her adjustment. Now we're down to 47,000 people. So the president is like looking for this doctor who wants to talk to her so badly, but he was on the ship that went missing, of course. And the woman tells Gaius, uh, number six tells Gaius that, you know, God's looking out for you, that he got rid of this doctor character. Um, but be careful because what he gives, he can take away. And there was a lot of discussion about God from number six. So, you know, Casey was theorizing yesterday, like the Cylons consider themselves the gods now because they're so all knowing and, and powerful, or is it some other metaphor? Um, I guess we don't know after the pilot. <laughs> yeah, you don't know after the pilot. <laughs> but there is a lot of discussion like that. And they are really speaking about from a perspective, you know, of, you know, God, you know, being like a, a savior, you know, and uh, not just this really generic kind of God. It sounds very familiar. Right, right. Um, so I, I found that very interesting as well. <laughs> so the humans are ready for the next attack and the clock strikes 33 minutes and nothing happens. The Cylons don't show up. And so the clock keeps ticking. 45 minutes later, still nothing has happened. And so the commander calls the president and says, let's, let's move in, into condition two. Let's let some people start to rest. And then the Olympic carrier, which is the missing ship, shows back up. It shows back up at their coordinates, you know, a, a little bit of distance off, but they, they know it's there. It's moving towards them. And so the commander says, I hope I'm wrong, but reset the clocks. So everyone who was about to relax mm -hmm. for like two seconds has uh. to reset the clocks to 33 minutes again. It's just like torturous. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about it in a second, but like you felt the tenseness of yeah. all these scenes. Like, oh man, shit, they're yeah. back. <laughs> it made me think of like those first few weeks or like maybe months with a newborn. <laughs> where you like yes. can never, ever get like the rest that you think you remember you had at one point. <laughs> That's what it made me think You're of. You're just nodding off. But right. it lasts no. longer than five days. Like... <laughs> Well, it's lasted for three and a half years so far for us and probably longer for you. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you said, though, you know, about uh, Commander Adama, you know, saying reset the clocks. You know, I mean, you'd think they'd be celebrating this lost ship is back and let's right. you know, bring them in. Yeah. And he's instantly suspicious. Yep. Yep. And this is their similarities back to the original series from the 70s hmm. because he was the one who was very suspicious they were trying to negotiate they were in the middle of negotiating a peace treaty with the cylons they didn't have peace with them um for i forget how long but then they were about to negotiate and he's like something just doesn't feel right mm. and so throughout that pilot episode he was the one who was always watching for these things so yeah it's consistent uh, okay now. oh okay so was the 78 series telling the same story as the beginning of this series or is it a little it's, bit different. It's a reimagining. Okay. Um, it's, okay. it's got a common storyline, some common characters. And, you know, I don't know if you want to get into those details now or if you want to have a separate time to talk about specifically what's the same and what's different. But it is a reimagining. And, you know, the basic storyline, though, of um, War with the Cylons, um, uh, what you didn't see in the miniseries, which isn't a big spoiler, is. They actually, it starts out, they were in a time of peace. They had armistice mm. with the Cylons for 40 years. That's what you start out with, the context in the miniseries. Okay, okay. And then mm. all thing, all, everything goes to hell on the hand. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, what's up? No, I'm just like thinking, and I guess we can get into this like towards the end, but like, should we go back and watch the miniseries 
and then watch this, the rest of this mm, again. I'm just excited. <laughs> I have a vote on that. Ken says yes. What do you say? <laughs> well, I think you should have watched the miniseries first. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yes, there is a lot more. There are other things that are going on with certain characters that are in the, the, the miniseries. Things that I won't tell you right now because I know you're going to watch the miniseries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's stuff going on with that president that you have no backstory on. Right. It'll right. eventually come up and you'll be like, oh, I didn't know that was going and on. And it's all the right. same cast, right? Because mm-hmm. I do yep. love Mary McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Colonel Ty. Well, it'll come out. I mean, there's a whole lot more to his character. Yeah. Because what you were describing of like the way the miniseries is, you know, just developing characters and stuff. I love that. Yeah. And if you're telling me that my sister Maggie, and I know the stuff that she likes, if she loved it, then I think that I would probably like it too. You know? Yeah. There wasn't a moment taste. there wasn't a moment she didn't want to watch the next episode. Wow. She was ready, willing, and able, yeah. let's go. Let's so let me tell you, I did this research beforehand. Do we watch the pilot? What about the miniseries? The tiebreaker, of course, was three hours versus 44 minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> so we watched I, the I pilot. Was a point. Plus, <laughs> yeah. I also have a feeling that maybe Liz doesn't love sci-fi mm. or something I, like she, that. She's mentioned that a few times if you listen to the podcast. And the challenge has been, is like find some sci-fi that Elizabeth will like. And I, I think this is it. But I have to tell you, and we're kind of like, I know you want to continue with like the plot we normally it, do. It's, it's fine. We're almost but done. Like, the name Battlestar Galactica is the nerdiest <laughs> sounding it's, thing ever. It would never, ever, unless there was this podcast, I, there would never, that would never make me be like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to sit down and give that a try. Like, I don't like. It's not a very approachable name if you're not into sci-fi. Right. Yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not judging it like, you know, but it's like, even though I respect your opinion, Ken, there was never, ever a time. And like, I've known for as long as I've known you. <laughs> That you like Battlestar Galactica, but that was never going to make me want to watch it. <laughs> because the name is so, like... Can I tell you something? Yeah. Two and a half years ago, Ken approached me and asked me to start this podcast. And we've just been biding our time <laughs> until we can force you to watch Battlestar Galactica. So is- <laughs> I actually wanted Battlestar Galactica... Galactic to be your pilot episode. Elizabeth Elizabeth will think it's too obvious. She'll she'll catch on. <laughs> we need to just bide our time. Long play. <laughs> so this this ship has shown back up and number six is telling Gaius, like, don't worry, the Cylons have infiltrated the Olympic carrier. And you know, they they've been tracking your ships the whole time. And so for you to survive, that carrier needs to be destroyed. And so somehow a message gets to the president that the doctor that's been trying to reach her is on board the ship and like needs to come on board now. And so Gaius bursts out like, listen to me, trust me, you need to cut off all communication right now. Don't, don't send anything else to them. They're going to send a virus to the ship. They're going to somehow infiltrate the ship. And the commander who's on the phone says, I, I tend to agree. I think we just sever, sever communications. And so the president does. And they send out, I think, like three of their little cruisers including Katie Sackoff and uh, her squad leader yeah. guy. I didn't catch his name. Well, I think she was with Apollo. Apollo, yes, it's yeah. Apollo. Mm-hmm. Um, and those cruisers would be referred to as Vipers. Vipers. Ooh, that's much cooler than saying cruiser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they send a message to the carrier telling them to stop, but it refuses to. It just keeps going right for like the main ship and the fleet. And sure enough, the Cylons show up at 33 minutes after they had reset their clocks. And so um, the Viper squad finds out 
that there are nukes on board the ship. And so they're ordered to destroy it. And the president gives this order as Gaius is saying that he repents to God. He's telling number six. And so the three, the three vipers are, you know, struggling with this decision and they're like looking th through the windows as best they can. They're like, I don't see anyone inside the ship. Mm -hmm. And so Apollo gives the order. And at first, um, what is Katie Sackhoff's character's name? Starbuck. Starbuck. Yes. We learned that last night. <laughs> Starbuck. <laughs> <laughs> see, these are the original characters from the seventies. So it's like, <laughs> I lived with these characters. <laughs> they're reimagining, reinventing them. But those are the names. Um, yeah. I mean, her initial reaction is, screw you, I'm not going to blow up this ship. There's 1,300 innocent people on board. Yeah. But eventually he gives the order and they all fire and blow up, blow up the Olympic carrier. And back on the Cylon-occupied planet, uh, number six wakes up this soldier that they have captive and starts to make out with him because I don't know if it's just her or if all Cylons are like super horny. <laughs> or um, just, just the sixes. <laughs> but she gets blasted in the back. And falls falls down dead or whatever uh, analog of dead science, right, yeah. <laughs> and he's saved by another soldier, another human soldier, and he's like, "What what are you doing here?" And as they're running away, another iteration of number six shows up behind them with Cylons, and she's smirking. So I, I'm guessing, and maybe this, maybe we already know this from the miniseries that that other soldier is a Cylon. It was suspected they left the miniseries as a cliffhanger suspecting that there are other sleeper agent Cylons and they're looking at her and her name is Boomer. Oh, okay. And she's an integral part of the of Battlestar Galactica. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, because we saw her... We saw her... She was like command, like commanding something. She had like some important job when, well, when they were resetting the clock every time, right? Yeah, I, I forget exactly what her role is, but the, the three key Viper pilots are Apollo, Starbuck, and Boomer. Um, they're okay. pretty much like a team. Uh, and, and that's the way it was in the original Galactica. Mm. Uh, the three of them are this, okay. you know, the, the best Viper pilots, and they're always out there on missions. And now it's been 24 hours with no Cylon attack. So it seems that the Olympic carrier was the one that they were tracking. And so, you know, someone questions the commander, like, you know, at least, at least you made the right choice, but he's struggling with it. Apollo is struggling with it. You know, I, I think at, at one point they even interact with each other and he says, you know, I gave the command. This isn't on you. He said, yeah, but I pulled the trigger. And so there's an update on the count and, you know, the president does it on the whiteboard and then her assistant comes in and says, you know, actually I have one more update. And she goes, okay, how many did we lose this time? And he says, no, add one. A baby boy was born upon whatever other ship. And so she erases the two in 47,972 and she writes a three. And then the pilot ends as she finally breaks down and starts to cry after her assistant leaves. And that was the pilot to Battlestar Galactica. I just love that ending. <laughs> I really do. It's just like, I know it seems like... You and Casey were both saying you got emotional at the end. Yeah, they, I, because I think, well, I think she sold it too. It's like they've just been like beaten down, beaten down for five days. And this is like probably the happiest new, like it's just this renewal, like, oh, we're still humanity. Like right. life can still happen, even though whatever is going on right now is awful. And I just, um, you know, it's just like that connection thing that everybody, everybody smiles at a baby, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, 
I just I just loved that ending. Yeah. I kind of I liked the show. I knew I liked it before that, but that just kind of sold me where I felt like this is not going to be just like one note. I've just seen a lot of bad sci-fi, and I felt like this just like added this human level to it, where I could relate to the you know the characters and their and their situations because like you've said and like we discussed the other night, it's it's sci-fi or it's a military drama set in space. Right, right. And so I like that they really did, you know, that I don't know how like important the role of space obviously plays in it, but I like that it was clearly like a drama about these people and Yeah, imagine if their they rewrote it. Imagine if they rewrote it as a, you know, something based on Earth or a, you know, planet or it doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be right. sci-fi so here it is on earth and it's a military drama mm-hmm. with all of these interpersonal relationships going on and issues and um and it ends like it could be set anywhere right really yeah good. yeah i mean I, I was impressed that not knowing a lot of the characters and like you know that's you know i watch a really good show and that's what hooks me is the characters at first and the interpersonal connections you're talking about but even before any of that stuff gets established the tense feeling you get from this like 33 minute thing yeah. it's just so cool yeah. like, it gets you right away because you can just see it on all of their faces and like all the actions are so deliberate about them like turning the clocks and like you're just waiting for the next next time for the silence to show up oh, mm-hmm. the pressure they're under you can totally feel yeah it. yeah yeah um so I, I was just impressed with that because even before you cared about who the president was or who who starbuck was um you could feel it yeah yeah, I think, so I mean, I I grew up in the 80s. I was a huge Star Wars fan as a kid. I haven't been into a, a ton of like really heavy sci-fi since then, but the sci-fi that I have really enjoyed, like I mentioned it on the live stream Westworld, oh, yeah. I really enjoyed. There's a German language show on Netflix called Dark mm-hmm. that I absolutely love. It's, it's my favorite show of the last couple of years. They both take place on Earth. They're they're very sci-fi, but they're both on Earth. So there's no space, there's no aliens, which is you know what people typically associate with sci-fi. Right. right. And I think I like them partly because of that, because they're a little bit more realistic, a little bit grittier. But this had that. It was realistic. It was a little bit grittier. Mm-hmm. There wasn't there wasn't any aliens that you had to like tell yourself in your mind like, okay, clearly I have to like stretch my imagination a little bit, right. you know. So I think that made it a little bit easier to connect to and like jump into. Yeah, the original series had more of the unusual-looking aliens, very mm. cheesy-looking aliens, mm-hmm. oh. and you know they were playing off of. They had a lot of those in the Star Wars, you know, uh, four, five, and six. Yeah, well, all of them actually. Yeah, um, and you know <laughs> they only got cheesier. <laughs> but you know, but the effects in the the original ones released were like so bad. They looked, you know, a lot of those aliens looked ridiculous. Well, these were even worse. Yeah. so. <laughs> Hideous to look at. Just really cheesy. Uh, I want to go back and look up uh, the aliens from that show now. So is sci-fi, like, is this your favorite genre, or does this just happen to be your fav- one of your favorite shows? Uh, sci-fi is one, one of my favorite genres. Okay. Um, I bounce around, um, just like music, I bounce around. You know, like it'll be, yeah. you know, for, you know, three, four, five, six months, I'm really into one genre, then I'm listening or watching another. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I do watch a lot of sci-fi. Um, okay. but out of all the sci-fi that I've seen TV shows, this is my favorite. Mm. Okay. So what else 
what else is good? <laughs> what a loaded question. <laughs> I'm just curious because I, I know that I'm very ignorant to it. I haven't seen that much. I know there's a lot of it. It's not my favorite, so I haven't watched that much of it. And then what we've watched for this podcast has been terrible. Yeah. We've watched shows. We've watched sci-fi for the podcast in both camps of like, we, we're pretty sure this is going to be terrible and it ends up being terrible. And this might be interesting and it ends up being terrible. Mm. We right. haven't found anything up, yeah. up until Battlestar Galactica. We haven't yeah. really found anything good. Yeah. I, I think that if you watch this through all the way, you will be satisfied that they did a great job. The, the continuity was really held together. Yeah. Um, the, the, the whole the whole production team, I, I listened to some of their uh, bonus features and the whole production team was really tight knit. There's total collaboration throughout and the actors even had say in the development of a lot of these scenes and oh, there's wow. a lot of spontaneous things that happen and they're like, let's keep that. That works even better. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And so they maintained that throughout the entire series. Nice. Nice. So, have you seen like the other well-known sci-fi stuff, like uh, Babylon Five and the Star Trek series? And well, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up watching the original Star Trek. Um, I watched uh, all of Next Generation. Um, I started watching some of the others. Uh, over time, they started to lose me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I watched the uh, recent uh, season of Picard. Uh, excellent, excellent uh, show. Um, so, I would recommend. Uh, if you ever wanted to do another sci-fi that was worthy, I would say okay. Picard is, is very good. What about the original Lost in Space? Did you watch that too? <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched it on and off as a kid, um, okay. but I wasn't a diehard and I didn't stick with it throughout my life as like, oh yeah, that's something that I loved. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did want to rewatch or I did want to watch the, the reboot that mm -hmm. came out. Um, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. Mm. I understand well, then you, guys you listened it, to though. our episode and you were like, never I, mind. I, 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 I missed it. So I'm going to have to go listen to it and see what your review was. I mean, if you're not bothered by like just really over the top sensational sci-fi drama, it, it could be entertaining. Mm. I, I will watch stuff that's, that it is like that just, yeah. and, and go in for what it is. Mm -hmm. right, you know, right. like, like for some of the sci-fi movies, you know, like there's some that are just way over the top, like uh, the Fifth Element with Bruce Willis. I actually like the love that movie. I like that movie there too. There are some people who won't spend five minutes with it. In, out, done. Don't want to go there. I we love saw that it in the because theater. it doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, you look at these right, aliens right. in these rubber suits, and it's like hysterical. <laughs> And Chris Tucker was in that one, right? Yeah, yeah. With the ridiculous hair. Yeah. I remember liking that a lot. I don't remember almost anything about it um, other than some of the costumes. I just remember um, a scene where, like, I can't even remember exactly what was happening in it, but the magic flute was playing in the background. It's like um, it's like a, an aria from an opera. Mm. Oh, so it was the opera singer on the stage. Yes. Um, yeah, that was the magic flute. Yes. I didn't remember it that way. Okay. Because I remember I went and I watched it. I went with my friends. It was probably like, you know, I think it was like PG-13. And so we could get into the theater to see it. And we all went to watch this movie. And then my mom was our music teacher. And she taught... I can't remember if it, we had that lesson on operas before we saw it or if it was after. But I remember we were like... We made the connection at some point, like this was well, in that movie, or we just learned about this in class. Like well, I can't. Performance <laughs> was really spectacular was so in the good. movie. It was, Whoa, that's so cool. Yeah, that has always <laughs> stuck out to me. I don't even remember anything else about the movie. But. <laughs> so, 
I was thinking about like how people getting into sci-fi now would view some of these shows and like what the hurdles are because I think, you know, for the most part, this one was like a little bit more realistic and gritty, but uh, some of the graphics were certainly dated. This was from 2004 and it was on sci-fi. So they didn't even have the budget of like a big studio. You know, I don't think anyone is watching Picard cold without being into sci-fi. And there's not a lot of other options other than the non space alien stuff that I mentioned, like, you know, Westworld's a huge, huge show now. Um, Was Stranger Things considered sci-fi? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sci- yeah. Sci-fi, sci-fi horror. Sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Any. Well, I love Stranger th- Things. There are different genres of subgenres of. Sci-fi. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and there's there's some overlap between genres. I guess sci-fi and horror overlap. Yeah. Quite a bit if you want to get technical about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah take Alien. Yeah. That's a right. Right. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Overlap. So, I think this would be a good one if you can look past the minor graphic stuff and like. You know, the Cylons, to me at least, were a little bit derivative and, like, not that interesting, their design. I I get it, except that I came from a different perspective. Right, right. I came from the 70s show with these clunky robots that, like, Mm -hmm. why would you even be scared of these things? It's, it's, (laughs) you know, like in the zombie apocalypse when the zombies can barely move and all you have to do is trip and you're dead. It's like, well, just don't trip. Right, right. right. Fine. (laughs) You know, it's like, so these clunky Cylons walking around. Yeah. Um, So at least these... Updated ones are much more mobile, okay. a lot faster, <laughs> sleeker looking. So in my opinion, I was much more impressed. But I can understand your perspective. And again, this is 2003, 2004. Right. So the effects were different then. And I might be a bit more forgiving. And I just kind of overlooked a lot of that. Yeah. But when I went back and I watched the 70s one, uh, it's like, and that was state of the art technology that they had. Yeah. The spacecraft, the Vipers going through space. There was a shadow, a trapezoidal shadow around every one of them where they you know, kind of cropped it in. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, at least they didn't have a model that they were hanging by a string and they had to, you know, the editors had to edit out the string. Brush out the string. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's <laughs> evolutions, you know, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't bother me. I got over it pretty quickly. Like the. I, I did too. I just, I, I noticed it. Yeah. I was like, all right, these are, and I knew going in that, hey man, this is 16 years old. And this this stuff CGI moves so fast yeah. the technology, yeah. um, but I but I did notice it. it. You know, it wasn't a huge turnoff, which is what I was saying. It was if you can look past that little stuff, I think this is a good entry point because it's more realistic and mm-hmm. not like here's fucking Jar Jar Banks in your face for, yeah. for, for, for three hours. <laughs> but I think part of what you were saying before, though, Bill, I think your question would be like, you know, what people just coming in cold you know getting into sci-fi would they watch you know maybe some of these older things and um honestly i don't see where someone coming in cold to sci-fi is going to really want to watch the 70s battlestar galactica right right i could be wrong i just don't see it it's it's unless they're really into cheesy campy and and like the idea of it's hey it's set in the 70s let's see let's have some fun Mm -hmm. with this or or turn it into a drinking game or something i don't know um it's really pretty bad now yeah there's just so many like space alien sci-fi shows and i just it just seems like such a hard thing for someone to get into if you're not already into it for some reason because your parents were into it or because you're a little bit older. Except for something like this that could be a gateway to, oh, wait, I could possibly embrace sci-fi or a certain subgenre of right. sci-fi mm-hmm. right. because this had a lot of character development, interpersonal um, development. It made it much more realistic for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think your your Maggie endorsements uh, clinched it for Elizabeth. So. Yeah, I mean, I was already pretty sure that I that I would give it a shot. If like, I mean, I say that about a lot of shows, and we often complain there's just too many things to watch. But it's it you know I put it on the list of like things I would consider if we had a lot of time. Um, <laughs> but like, I was just my way of saying like, yeah, I liked it enough to watch it again, maybe. But now I feel like. I'll probably like, I'll make the time. Like, I think we would, I, it sounds like you would really like it. Yeah. So yeah. like, I think we could, you know, make the time, set it aside and, yes. and have this be like our next show to get into. Listen, <laughs> there's not going to be that many shows, like new shows coming up soon. <laughs> so right. that's true. unless we just want to watch a lot of animated stuff. Hey, get, get into cartoons, everybody. Cause and that's listen, all that's going to be. <laughs> the parks and rec thing on zoom was, was like a nice, it, that was like everyone wanted that and to see them again one time i don't want to see a show like that again <laughs> right, right, right. A, <laughs> was, a zoom show yeah, yeah it was good for one time <laughs> yeah well can i encourage you guys because it sounds like you are going to watch please watch the miniseries first because right now just do it yes <laughs> okay please right now let's, let's turn the mics okay let's yeah. go. Well, i'll watch it <laughs> literally right now hold you by the hand. no you're Elizabeth, you're going to love the development of some of the characters like the president and to see yeah. where she was in the beginning of the miniseries. There's a lot of stuff going on with her. A lot of change occurred just in the miniseries to where she is right now. And you don't know the background that was going on with her personally yeah. while all of a sudden she's thrust into the middle of this intergalactic war. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be impressed with the way she held herself together. Colonel Ty, he's got a lot of ghosts in his closet. <laughs> and you didn't see it in this episode because they're in the middle of battle and he's at the top of his game. Right. Yeah. When you see him, he can be a mess. Yeah, right. I'm excited because there was there was a scene with her which she was on the phone with her and who was it? The the Colonel? Is that who she was on the phone with? The commander. The commander. The commander. Mm -hmm. There was something that intrigued me again because like we're coming in, we know that there's this backstory that we don't that we don't know. There was just like this little exchange, like this tone in her voice. And she was just like, no, no, I, I, I trust you. Something about it that I was like, there is something else there about her. I don't know if it's about them together. Like it made me wonder what their relationship was or just like wonder a little bit more about her. So yeah, I think I, think I would go back, watch the miniseries. I would want to watch the pilot again. And then continue. And then watch think, the show. I through. think Ken approves of all this. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I should have brought the discs with me. I, yeah. I, and I, then, what was I thinking? And then maybe for fun, when that's all done, we'll go back. We and watch seventies one. Ken has it, so we can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's also a new reboot, reimplementation, however, however yeah. they're going to handle it, uh, coming out on Peacock. Right. The, the NBC. Thing. We have Peacock. We have Peacock, or we will have it. Um, so do you know anything about that? I found like I, very scant details online. Yeah, I just heard about it. Um, and uh, I guess apparently it's it's been something that's been being discussed for several months now and I was clueless. Excuse me. But um, yeah, uh, that's all I know. There's something coming up. Uh, I think uh, what I did hear, though, is I heard an interview with Katie Sackhoff. Uh, no, no, no. It was um, number six. 
Ah. Trisha, oh God, I forgot her last name now. Uh, but anyway, she, she was like, yeah, we, it was like a blow to the gut when we heard this was green lighted and actually going to happen. Oh, because oh really? Because they all, the whole cast felt like this was their baby. They were all so invested yeah. in it. The whole, like I was talking about the whole production team, they were all give and take and in it together. And they're like, oh God, someone else is going to do this. Yeah. And, yeah. But, but then the original creator of this 2003, 2004 reboot said, I totally give you my blessing to do that. I don't want to go back and revisit it myself because I told my story. I'm done with my story. Right, mm-hmm. right. If someone else has another envisioning of it, fine, go ahead. I did hear that it set, takes place in the same context, but it might not be the same characters. Okay, okay. Hmm. The showrunner is uh, the same guy who created Mr. Robot. Ah, uh, right. Which I never watched, but I've heard a ton of good things about it. Yeah, same. I, but, I've heard, but haven't watched. Yeah, yeah. So... Who knows? I have a question. Did you watch Night Flyers? Did <laughs> Katie Sackhoff draw, draw you oh, into yes, that I enough? Because... No, I didn't have any preconceived notions when I came into this. I did watch your live stream the other night, and I heard the conversation about this as something I'm completely unaware of, and it sounds like something I want to stay way, way, way away from. Oh, yeah, if you it's... have fond memories of Katie Sackhoff in this, don't taint them by watching Night Flyers. <laughs> because... I think she's so good in this. She is yeah. really... I didn't and know it was the same person. That's that's not to say anything negative about her in Night Flyers, because she had nothing to work with. So it wasn't I, her fault. I, I yeah. can't I can't yeah, judge yeah. her acting from that. I'll I'll judge you it. Start somewhere. I'll anyway. judge it based on Battlestar. Right, right. But it was um, just it was so weird, and I didn't know anything about Battlestar Galactica. But at the time we were watching it, and Bill, Bill and Casey were like, "Oh, she was in." I guess that's how we. I mean, you didn't see it either. But whatever, no, you I just knew, knew that, that she was, she was in, like, yeah. oh, she was in Battlestar Galactica, um, which is just like, you know, a very well-known show. And that, you know, that was kind of the context we were going with, like, oh, maybe this is why they cast her. And I'm just thinking going from like a really well-liked show to this was bad. I mean, it was such yeah. a terrible show. She was well, it's like been a her, dozen years. In her underwear. <laughs> Everyone was like in their underwear. Everyone was in their underwear. Oh, wait, what? It was... <laughs> And, like, the main focus, like, her whole costume thing was, like, basically, I don't know if it was, like, the director wanted to to focus on this or if she has it, like, in her, I don't know, contract, like, really focus on my arms (laughs) because they're really, really nice. Like, she clearly works out a lot, but it was, like, so in your face that you were, like... (laughs) Why don't you ever have sleeves on? It was just... Can you hand me that wrench? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, don't, don't watch that. It's bad. <laughs> um, all right. I think we've, uh, we've rambled on enough. I, I think this was even less coherent because we just kept talking about different uh, aspects of... <laughs> well, we... Well, yeah, we... Yeah, Ken actually knew what he was talking no, about. Oh, no, you and right. I were less coherent. <laughs> um, Ken, do you have anything to plug? Oh, anything to plug as in, like, latest things that I'm watching? Whatever whatever you'd like. Latest things you're watching, listening to. Oh, wow. Who, um, who are your best friends right now? <laughs> anything you want to plug? <laughs> yeah, let's see. think within the four walls of my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a wife, a child, and two cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? We're actually not in the middle of any shows right now. Um, and 
I was kind of hoping that this might be the kickoff for us rebooting Battlestar together. Oh, uh-huh. okay. And so, um, the, unfortunately, what Maggie and I watched together was the 70s pilot, <laughs> which turns oh. into freaking three hours for a 70s pilot. It's really long. And I Wait, had gotten what? that. Yes. It's oh really my long. Gosh. That's and, crazy. Um, I'm not watching it just for that. No, no. There, in I, I have two different box sets. One is just the pilot, and it's a three-hour movie, and I had totally forgotten that, and I Whoa. didn't know I was sitting her down to watch this. Total cheese for three hours. Uh, but then in the whole series box set, the pilot is broken up into three episodes. It's like, that makes so much more sense. Appropriately so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I have a feeling I might've shot myself in the foot by having her watch that. Hmm. Um, I don't know um, if I'll be able to springboard her into watching this again. Have her listen to this episode. She'll just hear your passion. She'll remember. (laughs) When did you guys watch it? Uh, Seven years ago, probably. Okay. All right, yeah. so it's, it's, been, it's I've, been a while. I've actually watched it a couple of times. I watched it the first time myself and then probably showed it to her a couple of years later, I guess. Okay, nice. So did you watch this while it was on or you? No. it was later on? No, it was later on. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, I think, uh, I think Elizabeth and I are convinced after this Yeah, this we're going to watch it. So. I'm uh, so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, if you have suggestions on shows for us to watch, and we need them desperately because there's fucking nothing new on TV for us to review, <laughs> email us at trialbypilot at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at trialbypilot, and go on to Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show, leave a review, and tell a friend. Uh, and thank you, Ken, for being here. Yep. I and, enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And uh, all your insight. And thank you to The Beats for providing our theme music. Thanks, Beats. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Watching television, watching television. Watching television, watching television.